This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media. All right, welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast brought to you by the Kansas City Beer Company, KC Beer Co. Check them out. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam. Verderam, it's March Madness. The NCAA tournament has kicked off. That's all kinds of craziness. NFL free agency is going on. That's all kinds of craziness, too. Unfortunately, a little bit lackluster for the Chiefs so far. Not a lot of excitement around Chiefs free agency so far. Long way to go. But but before we get to all that, how are you doing, man? It's been a minute. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm watching uh, watching the tournament as I sit here and work and follow the NFL. You know, the, the bracket is so-so. But, you know, you can't get irrationally mad at the bracket when you've literally spent zero seconds all year watching college basketball. So, yeah, um, yeah. It, is, it is what it is. But, um, no, good. Good, man. How are you? I'm okay. I'm all right. Uh, dealing with some stuff here at the house. You know, we've had this this ongoing leak, like right above my head here in the in the office and i got a deck so there's like a flat roof there and there's a deck over top of it and i had this guy come out and i'm new to the neighborhood i don't have a ton of contractors or people i know yet but i've had a lot of people look at it this guy came out he's came out twice he came out with a guy yesterday i walked around with him for 40 minutes and they're like oh yeah we know exactly what to do it's bulletproof he calls me today and he's like i don't think i can help you we need carpenters and stuff we're just not set up for that sorry we didn't mean to waste your time and i'm just like completely distraught i like I've I've spent a thousand over a thousand dollars trying to fix this dang leak already. Can't figure out where it's going. I've gotten everything from hey, just just try to patch it right here. To you need to put on a whole new patch of roof. It's it's you know this. You own a home. It's 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 just maddening when you can't figure something out like that. If there's any any of you out there roofers or leak experts, help. Call me. I'll buy you a case of Casey beer. I'll pay you. I'll buy you a, a, a year's supply of Count Chocula. I don't know what I got to do, but um, boy, at my wits end with that. That is frustrating. I do feel for you. Yeah. That's uh, that's a pain in the ass. Got a hole in my roof, and I just you know in the ceiling up here. I want to pat. Want to paint this? Can't do anything. Can't do anything until I fix the leak. Anyway, other than that, we found a stray dog yesterday. Wandered in the backyard. Returned that to its owner. So that was a fun, interesting adventure. Uh, a lot more excitement going on for me than is going on for the Chiefs in free agency so far. Uh, we're going to get into all of it. We're going to get into the details. 
I'm sure you've been on Twitter and you've been seeing sort of the, the a lot of Chiefs fans are moving right up onto the ledge um, because because the Chiefs haven't signed any in their in their estimation big names. What would your message be to Chiefs fans out there who are in a panic right now? Should they be panicking? You shouldn't be panicking, but you have a right to be frustrated. You have a right to be annoyed. I think pissed would be a little strong. You have a right to be annoyed. This idea that they don't have cap space is nonsense. They can restructure Mahomes' deal and save $22 million bucks. Now, you don't want to kick the can down the road every year. You know, that matters, but you could do it. They could have extended Hill at this point, and, and they haven't yet. You know, I, I've been speaking to sources on that. My understanding is that things are good there. Things are fine. They're progressing, but there's no firm timetable on it. And if you're if you're the Chiefs, like I get that, but at the same point, you say probably fifteen, fourteen, fifteen million dollars by by extending him, and it just seems like they're really content with being content because they're not doing anything. I mean, they signed Justin Reed, which I think is a really good signing. They brought back Andrew Wiley at a, at a good price, one year, two point five million, which I think is important. But they have huge holes on this roster. They do. I mean, there is no two ways. They are horrific at edge. Horrific. Like, Frank Clark is not an answer at this point. Like, it's fine what they did. It's fine they restructured him. I think that's probably the smart move, honestly. But that's not an answer. And at corner, they tried to keep Ward. They couldn't. Okay, fine. He got paid maybe more than than some people thought he would. Fair enough. Sneed and Fenton, I think, are good. But they don't have a number one corner on this team. I mean, they have two corners who can play. And then they have nobody. They have a problem. They have a few problems. Now, I don't care too much about the whole wide receiver thing. It's a good class. I feel like they could draft guy in the second round to be fine there. Like, I'm not I, – I, quite honestly, from a, Chiefs, from a Chiefs perspective, I'm glad they didn't spend $45 million on Allen Robinson. Like, I, it's fine. But they need to do something on the edge because if they don't, they're going to have a hard time getting any kind of pressure. And if you can't get pressure in this division, it is going to be a struggle. It's going to be difficult. I enjoy our Broncos fan who stops in. Look, I, I would I would calm that you haven't gone to a playoff game since color TV was invented. I, I might relax a little <laughs> bit there. Although, of course, the Broncos are much improved. I like what they've done. Although, I don't the Gregory deal, I'm not a huge fan of. They paid $70 million for a guy with 16 and a half career sacks. Um, but, uh, no, listen, it's going to be a really good division. It's going to be a really good division. I think the Chiefs still are the favorite in the division. I think the Chargers are the second best team in the division. I think Denver's a playoff team, probably the third best, and then the Raiders didn't guard what they are. But yeah, I, I get Chief fans who are who are antsy and anxious and annoyed after what they see. Yeah, um, there's a lot of frustration out there. We're going to kind of break it down here in just a minute. First, I want to get to a couple quick notes. If you like this podcast, leave us a five-star review over at Apple Podcasts. If you leave a question in your review, we'll answer it on the podcast. Also, check out the description if you're interested in Arrowhead Attic Podcast swag. We've got the link to the swag store in the description wherever you get this podcast. Welcome to all of our friends on Spaces. This is the first time that we have broadcast the podcast on Spaces. Vertigram, you do that all the time on your personal uh, over 60 people uh, in the space right now. So welcome. Um, we're also on YouTube. If you're interested in subscribing, head over to YouTube. Hit the bell if you want to get notifications when we go live. I think that was everything I needed to hit. Oh, yeah. And if you want to become a sustaining member of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, we've got a really great Discord. We hang out with everybody there. We talk cheese. We talk movies. We talk booze. We talk everything. Uh, it's it's a lot of great fun. There's some other benefits that go along with that as well. We actually have a happy hour coming up on Monday for members only. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, buckle up. I'm going to knock a few back. All right. And then, of course, we're sponsored by the Kansas City Beer Company, the largest independent brewery in the city of Kansas City. You got to check them out. German style beers, absolutely fantastic. Great friends of ours. We can't 
we can't tell you enough about how how much we love their beer and that is what i will be drinking on monday night okay let's talk chiefs so here's where we're at here's where things stand so far the chiefs who the free agents that they've signed with the exception of justin reed have all been in-house all right they brought back deandre baker cornerback they've brought back michael burton fullback those guys are re-signed josh gordon's back and then of course the big signing was Justin Reed, signed from the Houston Texans. Younger guy. Uh, look, he's not Tyron Matthew. He, in fact, he backed up Tyron Matthew when Tyron Matthew was on the Texans. Um, but a young player, and, and we're going to break him down in a minute, uh, with some upside. So we'll see where he ends up. But that sort of that sort of put the nail in the Tyron Matthew coffin in Kansas City, right, Verderam? Once, once he signed that deal, there was no chance the Honey Badger was coming back. And it's been reported the Chiefs didn't even offer him a deal. They didn't. I, I know they didn't. I but the way that comes off, I think, is a little different than the reality. It sounds like oh, they just disrespected him. Where I think it's more the reality is they were not going to offer him a contract, to my understanding, because look, there's a little bit of if you offer a guy a low ball contract or what he perceives to be a low ball contract, then you insult him. If you offer way too high, then you're paying more than you should. I think it was more about getting to the market and seeing uh, you know, how it shakes. Look, Matthew deserves to be respected. He's a great player. He'll go into their Hall of Fame one day. He'll go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame as well. And there is something to be said there for that, uh, that, that you should respect them. And maybe maybe he feels disrespected. I don't know. I'm not sure. But I will say this. He's still not signed. And there are a few good players out there who aren't signed. But like maybe they overshot the market a little bit with what he was looking for because he's still out there. I mean, all these other safeties are off the board, right? I mean, Marcus Williams, gone to Baltimore. Marcus May. Gone to New Orleans. Jordan Whitehead, gone to the Jets. Justin Reed, gone to the Chiefs. Uh, you know, uh, Quandre Diggs, back to Seattle. Tyron Matthews still sitting there. You wonder if maybe they just kind of overshot the market a little bit, or maybe he says, you know what, I'm just sitting back and I'm, I'm waiting. But it, it is it is interesting. It is interesting that he's still out on the market. I do think this. There is a realistic chance that over the next three years, Justin Reed is a better player than Tyron Matthews. For the next three seasons. I mean, he's 25 years old. Matthew's 30. Right. So you're paying with the idea that you're going to get the best years of these careers. I think they're fine at safety. I think they're good at safety. Their, their problem, again, is you have to be realistic about the fact that you do not have an edge rush. You don't. I don't want to hear one person talk to me about Frank Clark's going to come out and have a year. Frank Clark hasn't come out and had a year since he's been in Kansas City outside of one playoff run. And yeah, it was a great run. But that he has not lived up to that contract. I know he's been a pro bowler every one of these years. Let's be realistic. He shouldn't have been a pro bowler any of those years. Okay. I mean, right. so they need to find an edge rush. And bringing back Melvin Ingram is fine. I'm, I'm all for that. But that's not the answer to your problems. Like Melvin Ingram's a good piece. He's not the answer to the equation. And at corner, you, you got to do something. You've got to do something at corner. You don't have to have a number one lockdown corner, but whether it's Patrick Peterson or or it's Stephon Gilmore, you've you got to find somebody. And they really have not done much of anything in free agency. They've kind of just sat around and watched it go by. Yeah, it's really interesting. The Matthew deal, look, I'm surprised he's not signed by now. There, there's uh, Somebody said in the chat, they, they asked, you know, is the Watson trade, Apex Affairs asks, is the Watson trade holding free agency up? I think it's possible to some degree on cert- in certain areas where teams are trying to see what you know what they're going to do and they're going to spend a lot of money there. But if you look at the end of the day, there's only so many teams that are in on a quarterback, right? Yeah. So you know, 
it's not it's not affecting most teams, right? Like it's not really impacting a team like the Chiefs, for example, who have their quarterback or the Chargers. So yeah, there's some impact on a big a big move like that in, in finances for a few teams, but I don't think so. Look, with I think you're right about uh, Justin Reed. Over the course of this contract that he has signed with the Chiefs, Matthew is look, he's probably not getting better, right? He's he's probably a declining player at this point because of his age. And and Reed's got some upside. But I do have to say, and, and and I want to get to the one last move that the Chiefs have made here or not made. They have not brought back Traverius Ward. He's now a San Francisco 49er. Right. So he has left. And that is a big deal. And we've talked about Traverius Ward on this podcast a lot, how great of a player we think he's been for this team. Really great guy. Very solid. We noticed his absence when he was out with injury last year. So when you look at the Chiefs right now, Verderam, on paper, I think you can it's hard to argue, right, that this is a worse team than it was when it ended the season. Because I, I would say that as much as I like Justin Reed, I don't think he's Tyron Matthew right now. And now the Chiefs have one less starting cornerback. Would you agree with that assessment? I think, you know, again, they need a corner. They need a corner. They need an edge rusher. They are, they are, not, they are not the best team in the AFC right now. They're not. Like, I, I know there's a lot of Chiefs fans who get pissed and don't want to hear that based off of my uh, – my, my Twitter mentioned yesterday, they're not better than Buffalo. The Bills are a better team than the Chiefs are right now. Now, I don't think they're so much better than that the Chiefs couldn't beat them in a game or something. But, like, there, there's no argument to me that Buffalo is not better than Kansas City on paper. On paper. Now, you want to you sit there and say, well, you know, the Bills have to beat them in a big game. Okay. I mean, let's be real, though. They, they, they probably should have beaten them last year in the playoffs. No, they didn't. They didn't beat them. That's fine. Should have, could have, would have, whatever. I thought those teams were pretty much dead even at the end of the last season. The Bills added Von Miller. They added a whole bunch of you know ancillary pieces. The, the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs are better than everybody else in the AFC, despite what our Broncos friend likes to say. And I, that's fine. I mean, they, they won a bunch of Lamar Hunt trophies back back you know before uh, the wheel was invented. But I think the reality is, are they better than Denver? Yeah, they're better than Denver. Are they, or do I still think they're better than anybody in the AFC South, the AFC North? Cincinnati fans might have a beef with that, but yeah, I think so. The, the big question to me is, can they catch up to Buffalo? And I think they can, but they have to do something at some point. Yeah, and that's a, a big point of contention for a lot of fans right now. I think even more so than the the Chiefs in action so far in free agency is the moves that other teams in the AFC are making. So I think probably a lot of fans came into this offseason feeling like the gap had been closed a little bit in the AFC West and in the AFC in general, and now they're seeing all of these great players get added to other teams that are going to be competing with the Chiefs for the playoffs and for the AFC championship, and the Chiefs are – right now, probably a little bit worse than they were at the end of the season as Matt's lovely daughter, Maisie, has joined the show for her weekly cameo appearance. Hi, Maisie. Can you say go Chiefs? Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs indeed. Loving it. Loving it. Um, this, see, this is the, this, for this reason alone, you should be checking us out on YouTube just so that you can see uh, the lovely little Maisie here. Cute as a button and really classing up the joint uh, with these two mugs. Um, all right. So, look. Traverius word is gone. It's a bummer. The Chiefs need a corner. Now, look, the draft is coming. So, you know, I think it's easy for us all to forget about the fact that, um, hey, uh, the Chiefs have what? They have nine picks coming up in this draft. Is that right? I believe so. I think that's right. Because they they picked up an extra compensatory. So the Chiefs Chiefs will presumably add maybe up to nine new players to their roster in the draft. Are all those guys going to make the team? Probably not. Are all those guys going to start? Definitely not. But they're going to be adding players. And as we saw last year, if they do the, if they do a good job, they can find 
impactful starting caliber players all throughout the draft. Now, I don't think that you want to bank on that if you're Brett Feige, but it is a huge part of team building. And as we know, with the number of stars that the Chiefs have and paying Patrick Mahomes, they need to get guys in the draft on cheaper contracts. Now, Virgil, I wanted to ask you, I was talking with our friend Matt Connor, one of the co-hosts of this podcast and the editor over at arrowheadaddict.com, which of course you should be reading every day to get all of your updates on the Chiefs and a lot of really cool uh, and interesting opinions from the staff over there. Very diverse opinions. You're not always going to hear the same thing, which is what we love about that site. So Matt, when I were talking and he said, you know, I'm really frustrated that the Chiefs haven't opened up any cap space yet. You know, we know what the what the options are for them opening up cap space, right? They did open up some cap space with Frank with the Frank Clark restructure, but we also knew that they could, you know, just extend Orlando Brown, but he's on that franchise tag, which is taking a huge bite out of the cap this year. And then, of course, there's the Mahomes restructure. And we were kind of having a little bit of back and forth about it. And, and he said, I don't understand why they haven't done it yet. And I was saying, well, maybe Brett Veach has, a, ha, and of course, the Tyreek Hill extension as well that could, could open up cap space. And I said, well, maybe Brett Veach has all these things lined out and he knows, he knows what he has to do to get each of them done. But he's waiting to see how certain things shake out because if he's going to pull, like, say, the Tyreek Hill lever, right, that might be dependent on a free agent move that he wants to make. But if he's going to do maybe the Mahomes restructure, that might have to do with a trade that he wants to make because he knows the numbers and figures. Do you think it's something like that? Or, or are you as perplexed as Matt Connor is as to why he hasn't just restructured Mahomes? And, look, I, I think, and I think that's Tyree Kelly. Okay. So look, I think you're right in, in, in the Mahomes thing, the Hill thing. I mean, that takes two guys to agree. So, you know, it, that is a little more complicated, but yeah, look, I think there's, there's a lot of truth in that. They, they could just restructure Mahomes if they have to, but they, you know, <laughs> They've reached the point now where most of these impact free agents are off the board. Not every one of them, but most of them. The Chiefs are the Chiefs are deficient in some areas. You know, I saw our our buddy uh, our buddy Reach who, who earlier said something about hey, you know, fans just like the team, the two dependent on Mahomes. I I agree with them. I think there's always this attitude with them that it's like, and not so much with the team, just just in general, because just around the team. It, well, they have Mahomes, it'll just be all right. Well. Yeah, until it's not. Until your defense actually has to make a play and do something. Until somebody in the offense has to do something. I, th- I think look the way they the way they finished the season was maddening. Not even because they lost in the AFC title game, but because of the way they lost in that game. I mean, just a total inability to read the room, a complete inability to run the football when you are blowing a team off the football and you don't seem to care that you're doing that because you want to play a different way and. I called it earned arrogance, and I think sometimes there's a little bit of that with them. That it's like, well, we'll just we'll just do what we want to do. I think Veach has done a very good job in the years he's been in Kansas City. I do. I think he's done an A A A minus. I mean, he's done he's done an excellent job. I think he's been a top five gem since he's been in Kansas City. They've consistently taken big swings. They've largely hit on, on draft picks. They've done a very very good job. Um, but they also have to recognize. They are the hunted. They're in a division now where these teams are just loading up to the hilt because they're sick of losing to Kansas City. They've lost them six years in a row. I mean, all kidding aside with our buddy from Denver. I mean, Denver hasn't beaten them since 2015. Like, Denver has not won a game against Kansas City since Obama was president. Okay, that that's what you're talking about. Like they're, they're, they're tired of it. The Chargers are tired of just getting embarrassed over and over and over. Now, is it all enough? Is what these teams did enough? I still think if the season started tomorrow, I think the Chiefs are the best team in the division. But I'll tell you right now, not by a huge margin. And the rest of that conference is no joke. The Ravens had a lot of injuries. They're better. The the Bills, like the biggest, 
the biggest issue that the Chiefs have is Buffalo plays in a division where they're going to just kill these other three teams. I mean, Miami's right. not good. The Jets stink. The Pats are okay. You know, maybe the Bills lose a game in that. It's tough. It's tough. I, I think I think that's that's where you look at it and go, okay. I mean, you know, what do you do to get better? I think if you're the Chiefs internally, you respect teams like Baltimore and Denver, but you feel like you're better than those teams because you are better than those teams. I think it's more about where you stand with Buffalo. I think it's more about to a degree where you stand with the Chargers. Although I still the Chargers, I, I'm a big like you got to prove it to me at some point here. Like th- that right. team, until they do something that matters, eh? You know, I, I got like I got to see it. They're talented as all get out, but I've got to see them do it. The Chargers also have a lot of guys who have an injury history that is pretty lengthy, so that's also a concern. But in the end, I think I think Buffalo is the best team in the conference. I think Buffalo's the best team in the NFL right now. And then I think Kansas City's behind them by a half step. And then after that, I think you get a tier of like the Chargers, the Ravens, the Broncos, um, you know, the Bengals. I, I, I think that's I think that's you know those teams are all a, a step below Kansas City, but they're all good enough that they're dangerous. Yeah, we've talked about this before that you know I like the Broncos. I like a lot of the players that they have, but there's no telling what that defense is going to be like now that Vic Fangio has left town. And that's a big stretch that like they could do a flip. So, you know, I think when I say they could do a flip, I mean they could they have a lot of really good, I think, talented young receivers. And so now you bring in Russell Wilson and all of a sudden they could end up being a team that is a lot stronger on offense than defense. It's something that's I think important for us to remember each offseason is these it's it's a whole new team. It's a whole new ball game going into next year. So just because Denver was good on defense last year doesn't mean they're going to be this year. Well, first so a few things. I see Apex dropping and asking to explain how how I think the Bills are better. So number 1 with Denver specifically. I think Denver's better, De- but I do not think Denver's better than Kansas City. Denver's offensive line is still an issue. Uh Sertan is excellent. None of the other corners are particularly great. I know they signed Gregory. That's all fine. Well, Gregory's never had more than six and a half sacks in a season. Like Gregory is Frank Clark, as far as I'm concerned. He's fine. He's fine. I, the guy is 16 and a half sacks. He's about to be 30 years old. I, and by the way, for the record, I can honestly say I was I was in the process of writing a piece when Dallas supposedly signed them about how I thought that contract was insane. So it's not just like a Denver thing. I mean, it's it's just a reality. I think they I think that's one of those contracts in two years. They're trying to figure out how to get out of it, but. Obviously, you'll love the Wilson move. I thought DJ Jones was a good move. He'll run, run stuffing D-tackle. He'll help them. But I think the defense will take a step back without Fangio. It's like if the Chiefs lost Andy Reid. Yes, I mean, you're going you're gonna to lose something there. I mean, it's just inevitable. Offensively, their weapons are really good. They don't have a tight end anymore without Fant. Uh, I don't want to hear about Alberto. Alberto has never done anything in his NFL career. Call me when he has 500 yards receiving. But, you know, the receivers, listen, Sutton and Patrick and Judy are good players. I think they'll throw the ball well. The big thing with them is, can they block? Can they block? And is Wilson the guy he was three, four years ago, or is Wilson the guy he was the last year and a half? Because if he's that guy, he's good, but he's not great. It just depends. As as far as as why I think Buffalo is is a little better than the Chiefs right now, because Buffalo's defense is really, really good, and the Chiefs' defense is not good right now. It's not. Can now here's the here's the one rub with this. Kansas City's offense is much more diversified than Buffalo's. Buffalo has a decent offensive line. But it's not a great offensive line. The Chiefs' offensive line is fantastic. Mahomes and Allen, I don't know that I'd call it a wash, but Allen is as close to Mahomes as anybody in football, and, and it, it could be a wash on any given day. The one concern you have if you're Buffalo, and I think this is a fair thing to say, is if Diggs gets hurt at any point or any amount of time or just is doubled or ineffective, who's the other guy? 
Sanders is a free agent. Beasley got cut. Is it Gabriel Davis? I like Gabriel Davis, but can he step into that role? Maybe he can. I don't know. Maybe not. I like Dawson Knox. It's fine, but he's not been an elite tight end. He's been he's been a solid tight end. I think the Chiefs are offensively a better team, and and I and I think that that certainly matters. But Buffalo right now, Buffalo is so much better defensively than the Chiefs are. It's not even a contest. And uh, Lola, uh, that, that's that's not. Uh, hey man, that's not right. Listen, that that's not fair. Uh, they've lost 13 times in a row to the Chiefs, not 11. Um, so yeah, get your get your figures right, man. I mean, listen, listen. If if, if it's been 13, it's been 13. So we'll see. Maybe Denver at some point this millennium wins a game against them. But until they do, uh, no, I I don't think they're. But by the way, that's the other part of this. Like Denver is a brand new head coach. I have no idea how the hell he's going to be. He might be great. Right. Hackett might be great. Hackett might also be a guy that gets fired in three years. You have you don't know. Like you don't. You can pretend to know all you want, good, bad, or otherwise. You don't know. And look, his his track record says he was really good with Rodgers. He was not great in Buffalo and Jacksonville. Well, now we'll see. Vic Fangio is your weakest link offensively. He wasn't defensively. He's the best defensive coordinator in the NFL. So, look, it's going to be interesting. I think right now, I think if you're the Chiefs, your, your main concern is Buffalo. The rest of these teams, you respect them. They could beat you. But I think Buffalo is a team you look at and go, look, if we don't get better defensively, it's a problem. I mean, come on. Buffalo's clearly a better defensive team than Kansas City is right now. It's not arguable. Nate S in the chat says Hackett could be Josh McDaniels 2.0, LOL. Yeah, I mean, you just don't know. Look, and and like I was saying earlier, every year things change. Going into last season, who was the trendy Super Bowl pick? It was the Cleveland Browns. They added a bunch of guys in free agency, shored up their defense. They had won a playoff game the year before. Everybody was like, this is it, man. They're going to make the jump. Odell's back and healthy. So, you know, you just don't know how things are going to turn out. Uh, they didn't even make the playoffs. So things can change quickly. Injuries happen, bad coaching decisions. Players you know, get disgruntled. They get arrested. Like all kinds of crazy stuff happens. So you're looking at things on paper. This player was good last year. He's definitely going to be good this year, right? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. So it's going to be a really interesting uh, you know, con- you know, couple of weeks here as we get into that second and third wave of free agency. And then, of course, head into the draft, but there are still some people out there. And one player that Chiefs fans were really interested in who signed or was going to sign, but then didn't right. with the Baltimore Ravens was Zadarius Smith. This is really interesting. Uh, it was reported that it was a done deal, but it sounded like almost immediately from his side, they, they weren't so sure about that and nothing got signed. And now he's back out there. Do you think this is a possibility for Kansas City? I mean, they've been linked to them. I can't say that I've been told that they had interest. Doesn't mean they didn't or they, they don't. I just have not. I've not heard that. By the way, if you go to overthecap.com right now, which is an approximation, the Chiefs are listed as ten million dollars over the cap, which they can't technically be okay because they have to be cap compliant. They're, but they have the worst cap situation in the NFL, according to Over the Cap. Now, look, as I, I see a lot of people dropping this, and so I'm just going to address it real quick. Daniel Hunter. Who was a, it? Was an edge rusher for the Vikings. Okay, there's a lot of talk that he's going to get traded and or cut because his cap number is 25.8, which is just insane. According to Over the Cap, should the Vikings trade him, they save 14.4 million. They they eat 11.5. Okay, now Daniel Hunter is one of at least has been recently one of the best pass rushers in in football. I mean, he's he's still in his 20s, he's still a very good player. I'm going to pull up his stats right now. So I'm not uh, speaking in generalities. So Hunter is a two-time Pro Bowler, okay, made it 2018-2019. Last year, he only played in seven games. His sack numbers in his career, six, 12 and a half, seven, 14 and a half, 14 and a half, and six in seven games last season. So 
I mean, he's he's a phenomenal. He's played he's played eighty five games in his career. Started fifty six. He has sixty and a half sacks. I mean, he's he's a phenomenal player. Now, you know, do the Chiefs go out and get him? I I have no idea. Would it be something that the Veach typically uh, typically does? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's not afraid to make trades, so it's possible. But I I think look, it's it's going to be very interesting to see what they do. They they need an edge rusher now. The draft is loaded with them, which is good news. But they're going to need they're going to need somebody who can who can come in and get the job done. I mean, there, there's no, there's no question. Right. And you do worry about, by the way, with, you know, I've seen people mention Daniel Hunter's disc and his back. Yeah. I mean, they, they have to be careful because they take on a huge contract and that goes bust. They've got a problem. So yeah, the chiefs might just be looking at drafting well and hoping that it works out. Now, when we talk about Brett Veach, we talked about on this podcast a million times how he likes to go big game hunting. Yep. He's shown in the past a propensity to trade high draft picks to get proven veterans. Sometimes it has worked out. Sometimes it hasn't. You can argue. I argue that the Frank Clark trade worked out. They won a Super Bowl. He was a part of that. He played a big part of that playoff run and in that game. So for me, I do the Frank Clark trade 10 times out of 10, even though you know maybe you overpaid him a little bit. You won the Super Bowl. So Brian, our, our buddy Brian Winhorst over at ESPN said this after the Cavs won their championship. Winning a championship means you never have to say you're sorry, and, and at least not for a couple of years. So um, I, I like that one. But when we talk about Brett Veach, I've seen some people start say on Twitter that they're, they're getting frustrated that they're, they're t- they don't want to see any more trading high draft picks for these veterans. And, and the reason for that is because you pay twice, right? You've got to pay if you're bringing in a veteran they're going to be on a big contract like Orlando Brown, for example. Right. Whereas if you draft an Orlando Brown type player, he's on his rookie contract for a number of years. What's your thoughts on that? Rory? Go get good players. I, I don't look. People get way too worked up about draft picks. Like that, that whole thing has become a cottage industry where people kneel at the altar of a sixth round pick. And I understand that Trey yeah. Smith is a sixth rounder last year and it worked out like most of your day three picks. Most of them are guys who don't work out I, I, to me. Even your day one pick, you're, I don't know, 50% hit rate. And if you're the Chiefs, you're picking 30th. I, you know, I, right. to me, like, I don't care. Would you rather had Tevin Jenkins last year? Everybody and their mother wanted the Chiefs to draft or Orlando Brown. How'd Tevin Jenkins work out? How's that going? Right. Tevin Jenkins got hurt, then he came back and was terrible. Okay? Like, Orlando Brown went to the Pro Bowl. And it's probably worth $100 million in a contract right now. You, you, you want him. Your future. Where's Cornell Powell? Where, like, literally, where is Cornell Powell? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> People yeah. get so worked up. Oh, God, they traded a fourth. Like, okay, they got good players. I mean, the Rams just won a Super Bowl. My God. You know, with, with how many picks? Now, I'm not saying go full Rams. I wouldn't do that either. But if the Chiefs can go get a guy, I would. Now, I think, you know, the guy like Hunter, he's an interesting guy. He missed all of 2020 with a herniated disc in his back. Okay. But he came back and was awesome. He had six sacks in seven games and it tore his peck. I'm not worried about a guy tearing his pec. That's not like you don't read too often a guy tearing his pec for like the third time in his career, right? Like that's kind of a freak injury. So if I'm the Chiefs, I'm thinking like I'm not going for a you know maybe a first round pick there. If they could get Daniel Hunter for a for a mid round pick, I would absolutely do it. I would do it. I mean, I think if you're the Chiefs, like look, it might not work out. But that's also the kind of guy who could come in there and have 15 sacks, and all of a sudden it really works out. And now like you've answered the Von Miller thing, you know? Like I think. That's the kind of move if you're going to make it. And if it costs the Chiefs a mid-round pick, so what? I mean, well, you can draft somebody who's better than Daniel Hunter. Oh, well, the guy's going to be cheap. Okay, he's going to be cheap. Who cares? I mean, if the guy's not good, who cares if it's cheap, right? Like, yep. people get so worked up about all this stuff. 
Like, well, you know, if we trade our third round, okay, well, uh, and I'm not denigrating this guy. I'm just using him as an example. Yeah, they drafted, I think it was Colin Saunders. Was he a second round pick or a third round pick? It was a day two pick. I can't remember for the life of me. But my point is like, yeah, he's been cheap, but he's also not really been productive. Would you rather have a guy like Daniel Hunter and pay him? Of course you'd rather have Daniel Hunter and pay him. Come on now. So I think I think sometimes we get way too worked up about draft picks. If the Chiefs can go out and get a damn good player, then you get a damn good player. And you don't worry about draft pick, especially when, especially when the the you know cap is going to explode next year. And I, I see our Raiders buddy, who I appreciate you stopping in, says Hunter's got to produce. He hasn't in recent time. Well, he he did. He did produce last year. Now, he got hurt. It's fair. He tore a peck, but he had six sacks in seven games. I mean, he was he was a force of nature before he got hurt. So factor all that in. Some, break, some breaking news here. It looks like there, so people are retweeting. I don't know this account, Sports Talk, ATL, Jake. Yeah, I, 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 I would hold off on that. I, yeah, yeah. Look, uh, it's something that big. Like, uh, uh, Let me just... Let me put the, oh, Eli Apple back to the Bengals, yeah. one year, four million. Yeah, um, Eli Apple's back to the Bengals. Just so you know, the the, the I'm, I'm going to call it a rumor right now, although it has been retweeted by some people we know and respect that Deshaun Watson is expected to waive his no trade clause to join the Atlanta Falcons per source. This is a some some kind of Atlanta uh, maybe radio station that, producer. Um, sometimes those guys are tapped in. Sometimes they 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 do get um, the jump every once in a uh, while on. On the guys with due respect to whoever that person is, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb right now and say, knowing how this business works, Deshaun Watson, that news is getting when it happens, that is going right from an agent to Schefter and Rapport. That's what's happening. Yeah, there's no, there's nobody who's the only time I can ever remember someone breaking news like that that was out of nowhere on a big time guy that was right was our friend to Casey Beer, Katie Campbell. Who broke Katie Mahomes? Yeah. The Mahomes had signed an extension. That is one of the all time scoops ever to the point they actually did a segment <laughs> on ESPN about it. Okay. With Schefter. Yeah. yeah normal. Yeah. Normally, I'm not saying this guy maybe doesn't have a one in a million shot where he's right, whatever, but like something like that, that's going to go right from the mouth of an agent in a group text to Schefter and to Rapport. That's where that's going. And yeah. it's, it's, you're not you're not scooping them from a radio station very often on something like that. I, I would be shocked. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that all turns out. It's going to be interesting. But yeah, Katie Camlin, when she broke that Mahomes, uh, the Chiefs, Brett Veach actually sent her a bottle of the Dom Perignon that they bought. Um, I forget what the vintage was, but it's Dom Perignon, and it was, I believe, signed by Mahomes and Chris Jones. So I'm gonna next time I'm in Kansas City, I'm gonna have to ask her to to show that to me. Here's a question for you. So let's say that was you and Brett Veach sends you a rare vintage Dom Perignon signed by Mahomes and Chris Jones. Do you drink it ever? Because of the value of it, probably not. But Dom Perignon is really good. So maybe. I mean, that's the only time in my life that I could ever think of that I had Dom Perignon, at least knowingly, unless I had it at some wedding I wasn't aware of, um, was my engagement. That's that's it. But it was, man, it was good. Was good. It's clearly yeah. there's a reason it's so expensive, but it, it was uh, it was excellent. Yeah, I think I'd have to sit on it and keep it. That's that's something I I would probably keep for a long time because if you ever did want to sell it, if you were into that, it, some fans would say, "Hey, I'm never selling this. I'm passing it down to my kids." Patrick Mahomes, like right. you know, Chris Jones, this famous moment in time. But you got to also think uh, there's a collector out there who's really going to want to get their hands on that uh, somewhere down the line here, even right now. Oh yeah. So. Katie might be able to put her kids into through college with that bottle. Yeah, man, 
I, I would I would have an internal struggle though because I do like I do like me a drink every now and again. All right, so we 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 uh, we touched on Zadarius Smith and and look, I think with the Veach thing that we were talking about as well, I, I'm with you, man. These draft picks are capital to get good players to win you Super Bowls. That's it. And so if you're able to make that trade, like let's 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 be real here. That Orlando Brown trade, junior trade last year worked out and. It is not the reason why the Chiefs didn't go to the Super Bowl. And if they had done a few other things that they should have done in that game against Cincinnati and they went to the, the, the Super Bowl, there's a reasonable, it's reasonable to assume that they, they could have beaten the Rams. So if they had won the Super Bowl, would we be sitting here being like, ah, but now we got to pay Orlando Brown Jr.? No. Everybody would be like, that was great. What a job by Brett Veach. The, the, you know, the, the Chiefs were able to pr- protect Mahomes in that Super Bowl, and now they've won two out of three. So, I, like... You figure it out later. The cap goes up. There are moves you can make. They have people in-house who plan ahead. But if you have a key, if you need a, a, an edge rusher or you need a, a cornerback and you can trade a pick, that's what those picks are for. They're to acquire players. Look, you know what? Every, I, again, this is a this is like a pet peeve. My everybody gets so worked up about all this crap and and freaks out about oh god, you know what? You know what are we gonna do? We traded a fourth. Okay. You know how ridiculous that is? If you go back and you look at a draft class from five years ago, and I rattle off every guy who got picked in the fourth round. Tw- 28 of those guys are people you're like, who? I didn't even know that guy was in football. Who is that? What? And then there's like two of them who are good. Okay, so here, you know, just as a, as a fun exercise, I'm actually going to pull up. I'll pull up, uh, I don't know, randomly, the 20, I'll pull up the 2018 draft because now at this point we should know who's who. So you get these people who freak out about, of, you know, some kind of a mid round. Here's the here's a real quick rundown. Fourth round picks. Okay, I'm not even going to give the position because they're any good. You'll know who they are. Tell me you wouldn't trade one of these picks for a guy who can come in and play like the Browns just did for Amari Cooper. Here's the list of the guys: Ian Thomas, Jalen Holmes, Kiki Kuti, Naheem Hines, Antonio Callaway, Josie Jewell, Chris Herndon, Kyle Letta, Troy Aikpeck, Nick Nelson, Brian Allen, Mark Walton, Deshaun Hamilton, Deshaun Hand. Joel, something I can't pronounce, Dorrance Armstrong, Jordan Whitehead, good player, Anthony Averett, Kazir White, Will Disley, Taron Johnson, Kenny Young, Durham Smythe, Armani Watts, Avante Maddox, Ito Smith, Rick Leonard, Contavious Street, Will Richardson, Josh Sweat, Kalen Balaz, Jaleel Scott, Jamon Moore, Chase Edmonds, John Franklin Myers, Marquise Haynes, and Dalton Schultz. I just rolled off 40 names. Uh, four of those guys are decent. One of them has made a Pro Bowl. Mar- Sweat, that's it. One of them. And and I and that's a pretty good as future points. That's a pretty good fourth round, right? Like yeah. Dalton Schultz, a good player. Jewel has got a second contract in Denver, right? I mean, not a great player, but he's decent. But like you're telling me, if a team calls you up and says, "Hey, listen, we're willing to move off a guy who's a two-time Pro Bowler, who's 29 years old, whatever the case may be, fourth rounder," you're not trading that because hey, hey, listen, that guy might become Armani Watts. And, you know, <laughs> he's cheap for four years. No, no, he's cheap forever because he's not as good as any of the guys you're going to trade him for. So no, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a big proponent of, like, you go get the guys who help you win. And the rest of it, you don't worry about. I mean, look, the Chiefs didn't have a first-round pick last year. They might have had the best draft in football. They still drafted great. So I, I, I'm not saying you do it every single year. But if you have an opportunity to go trade some, some mid-round pick for a big-time impact player, yeah, yeah, I'm on board. Every time. By the way, just seeing it's it's official. The Chiefs have brought back uh, Andrew Wiley. Yep. Good good move by the Chiefs. That's a 
uh, a really good, solid player that the Chiefs need there along their line. And it does look like we're, I'm starting to see on Twitter here some people are starting to shoot down this this report that um, yeah that Deshaun Watson has signed with the Falcons that no decision has been made yet. So there you go. Verterham called it. Keep your eye on on Adam Schefter. Um, all right, let's talk about the receiver position. I think a lot of people were really excited about the idea of getting Allen Robinson. He is gone. He's gone to the LA Rams who continue their, their all in approach. That probably means that Odell Beckham jr. Who of course suffered, it was uh was it an, uh, ACL in the super bowl? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So, you know, his season is in, in jeopardy next year. You know, he's a little bit older. Those People come back from those and they're fine, but he could miss part of the season. It just all depends. Everybody's body's different, how his rehab goes. So he's probably not coming back. Now they've filled his spot with Allen Robinson. So they're going to have, boy, they're going to be set up there. Supposedly, with, uh, according to Chef, they want to sign him too. Odell as well? Yep. Wow. How about that? This is, see, they're, they're subscribing to my go all in on receivers philosophy because they'll end up with Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Allen Robinson, and Odell Beckham Jr. That's a hell of a receiving core. I'd, I'd run out there with that. Uh, any day so but he's gone so the Chiefs aren't getting them they've been linked to Juju Smith-Schuster they've also been reported to have interest in Jarvis Landry do you think either of these guys will end up being Kansas City Chiefs do you think both of them will be Kansas City Chiefs and if so when's it gonna happen it better not be both of them that would be insane they have so many other needs to fill if they if they sign two receivers uh, it will it will not be a fun column for Chiefs fans to read for me like I don't think they should sign either one of them Totally honest with you. I, sign I defensive players. Mike, like everybody acts like the Chiefs have some big offensive problem. The Chiefs are scoring 40 points a game down the stretch. I, I don't I don't get like they're fine. They're fine offensively. They have two Hall of Fame weapons in Mahomes and Mahomes and a great line. And Hardman is good for 700 yards and some running backs who can play. So you think they've got enough depth if if a, if a Tyree Kill were to get injured or Travis Kelsey? I mean, look. If, if one of those guys gets hurt, just like I mentioned with Buffalo, if Diggs gets hurt, they're screwed too, right? I mean, if your main guys get hurt, you're screwed. I'd like, I'd like to see the Chiefs take like a day two receiver. That's what I'd like to see them do. Like take a, take a top 100 pick and use it on a receiver. But and, and by the way, like if they can get one of those guys on a really good deal, that's fine. But not if it precludes them from getting a corner or an edge rusher. No way. I mean, they, they need an edge rusher. The damn team was 29th in the league in sacks last year, and they scored 35 points a game. They can't get home. They can't do anything. And their cornerbacks, I mean, I I think Snead's very good. I think Fenton's solid. But, like, let's be real. Who's the third corner on this team? DeAndre Baker? Uh, right. Not good. You need to fix your defense. I'm not worried about them offensively. Between who's coaching them and who's quarterbacking them, with all the talent around them, they will score points. They will score points. They need to stop teams. They need to stop teams from scoring points. And Kevin, I hear you. They didn't score when it mattered. I, that's that's not totally fair. They scored forty-two points in each of the first two playoff games. Now you want to talk about the second half of the of the Cincinnati game, Kevin? You and I both know the reason they didn't score points in the second half of that game was because the Bengals dropped eight guys and their head coach was too stubborn to just run the ball. If they run the ball, they walk down the field. I, they they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. And it is what it is. But they it's, they didn't score in the second half against Cincinnati because of how they played that game, not because they didn't have enough talent. The first half, they gained they're like 400 yards. So I don't I don't believe that for two seconds. Their problem is defensively, they cannot get a pass rush and a corner. They're they're short at corner right now. They're short at corner. But their biggest issue is their pass rush, which is why if Daniel Hunter, if they can get him for a day two pick, I would. 
Plus, by the way, don't forget, the Chiefs have three day two picks. They have two third rounders. I would trade them a day two pick in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat for Daniel Hunter. And I'd figure the rest of it out. Because if you get that guy and you're healthy, and by the way, Fletcher Cox, who a couple people have mentioned, he's a free agent right now. I can tell you for a fact, I know from both, it's been it's been written about, but also I had a conversation once with somebody who was in the building about this when it happened. Brett Veach was about as adamant as a human being could be when he was with the Eagles when they drafted Fletcher Cox. He was, to my understanding, doing everything possible to get them to draft Fletcher Cox. So if if he leaves Philadelphia, which are reportedly trying to get him to come back, but if he leaves, that'd be really interesting. He's also a Mississippi State guy. Who else went to Mississippi State? Chris Jones, who's already been recruiting him on Twitter. Like if I'm the chief, you, you look, you want my answer to this? Move Mahomes' money down the road, sign Fletcher Cox, okay, trade for Daniel Hunter, and then in the draft, take a corner. That's what I would do. And then you've got a line of Cox and Jones inside. And you've got Hunter and Clark on the outside, and you've and you've got a first round pick or whatever the case may be at corner. All right, and if, if that defense, if you can't get pressure with that group, then just give it up. You're never going to do it. I mean, if you so to me, like I'm, and then t- t- whatever, take a receiver with one of the picks in, the, in, the, in day two. But that's how I would do it. That doesn't mean it's how they'll do it. Probably isn't how they'll do it. But if I were the Chiefs, that's what I do. And I think, by the way, if you had all that and, and you did it. You'd feel pretty damn good about your chances against Buffalo, who I think right now is the best team. But if the Chiefs did all that, I think the Chiefs would be better than them again. It's it's not much of a gap right now, but I think there is a small little gap. Yeah, and another thing we bring up on this podcast a lot is don't sleep on the fact that there are players on the Chiefs right now who you don't know a whole lot about who are going to improve, and some of them are going to contribute, right? How many of you knew a whole lot about Charvarius Ward before he ended up on sure. the Chiefs? I didn't hear a lot of people clamoring, you know, let's get this Charvarius Ward guy in there. And then he develops into a really solid player for the team. On the offensive side of the ball, to your point, Verderam, there are some guys. Jody Fortson. Remember, he's going to be back. We don't really know what he is. He could be nothing. He could be a nice red zone threat, right? It looked like that was what he was setting up to be. What about Noah Gray? People raved about Noah Gray last last offseason and training camp. Absolutely loved him. Obviously, you still got Travis Kelsey there, but what happens if Noah Gray comes in and they've got now they've got an extra package where they're using Noah Gray as a receiver? You've got somebody else getting receiving yards. McCole Hardman, they found the way to get the ball into his hands. Darius Fountain was somebody who a lot of people were really, really interested in, flashed in the preseason. Now he gets another year with the team. He comes back. So sometimes the answers are within. There's no, there's no telling how much these guys are going to blossom or contribute. But at the end of the day, the Chiefs are set up in such a way on offense where you're not asking a guy like Jody Fortson to come in and be your – we're not talking about him being your number one option. We're not talking about him being your number two option. We're not even probably talking about him being your number three option. So if he can come in and chip in you know, 300 yards or something and catches five touchdown passes in the red zone, right? that's pretty good. Yeah. Awesome. So you know, again yeah. – I understand people that want a receiver. I know you do, and that's fine. I, I I get that. I totally respect it. Like there's an argument for it. I just feel like when your defense looks like the like their defense looks right now, to be sitting there and being like, we need another receiver. No, it's it's like having it's like owning a house, and you're you're like you're talking to your wife, and you're sitting there going, you know what we really need? We really need to add on to the kitchen. We need a kitchen that's fifteen hundred square feet. And then your wife's like, yeah, but we don't have any bedrooms in the house. Like, yeah, I don't care. I want I want right. more kitchen space. We'll sleep on the floor in the kitchen. Some point you you got to build a fucking bedroom. I mean, 
they, they need to build a bedroom on this team. I, I, look, what is Mahomes going to have to do against the Chargers and against the Bills? And maybe even to be fair against Denver with, the, with their offensive weaponry. They have to score 40 every game because they just can't cover and they can't get a rush and they can't do anything. I mean, I got a news for you. Nick Bolton and Willie Gay ain't fixing that. So you've got to be able to cover someone and to get pressure. And if, if you want to blitz the way Spagnuolo likes to blitz, you better have some corners. They don't. So I, I think, again, I would take a chance on drafting. By the way, I'd draft an edge rusher even if they drafted, or even if they signed one or traded for one. I'd still draft an edge rusher in the first 100 picks. But I would draft edge. I'd draft a wide receiver. I'd draft a corner. Like those, To me, if those aren't three of the first top picks, they're insane. Like that, that has to be, and, and you get these people who are like, I don't care, take the best player available. What if the best player available is a damn running back and take him? Like right. that is the biggest lie in football. This is, oh, we just took the best guy in a but no, you didn't. No, you didn't. I have had so many GMs over here say to me, Well, you know, we took the best pay- player available that was on our board. Yeah, because you took off four positions because you knew you weren't gonna draft them. Okay, so to me, you need to fix that that defense. And if you fix that defense and then you want Jarvis Landry, or then you want a, a you know a guy like a Juju Smith Schuster at a price that you can afford, fine. I, I'm all for it. Bring him in. But that defense has to get fixed first. By the way, and, I, and I'm actually going to do a little research on this. I might sound stupid after I send a, a few texts about this. Are we 110% sure, depending on the market, that they wouldn't also bring back Tyron Matthew? No, I don't think we could be. I mean, after that signing, you're like, what are you paying him? I, I don't think but. you would. The reason I ask that is Reed and Matthew are very similar in their versatility. You can play them a little in the slot. You can play them free safety. You can play them strong safety. And the Chiefs love their three safety stuff. They do it all the time. Right. And Dirty Dan's not coming no, back. No, he better not be. So it, are, like, are we sure? Like, if, if he sits out there for another two, three days, are we sure at some point the Chiefs would go, you know, Tyron, listen, what if we use you and Justin Reed, who have played together, in a situation where the three of you, along with Thornhill, you're just – Listen, we have a guy who plays robber, and we have a guy who plays deep middle, and we got a guy who plays strong, and we can rotate all of them. I'm not I'm I'm not saying that's gonna happen. I'd be surprised if it happened. I will have to fire out some texts and see if that's even remotely possible. But I just I wonder if you're the Chiefs, if you would do that. Like if you just revisit it and go, you know what? Instead of getting a corner who we don't really believe in anyway, like let's bring him back and see what happens. Again, odds of it, probably low. But you could make that fit, and I got to tell you, you'd have you'd have a very interesting secondary because you could rotate guys all over. You could disguise the hell out of coverages. And you could do all kinds of crap with those three back there because you don't know who's coming up, who's dropping. Are they playing man? Are they playing zone? You don't know because they can both play man. I mean, I I I think there are bigger needs, as Stacy points out. And I agree with him. There are bigger needs, right? Yeah. I've I spent this whole podcast on about how they need a defensive end, and I agree with that. But I just think it would just be interesting. It was a, it's just an interesting thought, depending on how this market continues to shake, would they would they maybe take a look at that? Yeah, it's interesting. And look, we're in the, we're we're kind of hitting that second wave at this point. So, you know, this the there's still a few I'd say first wave people out there, but like when you listen to the the re, the receivers that are left, you got Julio Jones, Will Fuller, Juju Smith Schuster, Beckham, Valdez Scantling, you know, Keelan Cole, Sammy Watkins, Zach Pascal, Byron Pringle's still out there. Demarcus Robinson's still out there. You know, those guys could end up back in Kansas City as well. Byron Pringle might look around at the offers he's getting, and if he's not getting offers that are any more than what the Chiefs want to bring him back at, 
he could be a, a late signing where he just comes back to Kansas City and slots in there at a number four receiver. So just because guys are gone right now, testing the market, it's good on them. They should definitely check that out. Um, it's the smart thing to do. Find out what you're worth. Find out what the market will pay for you. Um, but sometimes it can be a little bit of a risk. And I think maybe we're seeing that happen with Tyron Matthew right now. CR Head Addict podcast brought to you by the Kansas City Beer Company. Again, make sure you hit them up on Twitter. If you like what you've heard on this podcast and you want to support us, tweet at them, at Casey Beer Co. And say, hey, I heard about your beer on the Arrowhead Attic podcast. Keep sponsoring these guys. You can keep the lights on for us. I need help getting my roof fixed. You know, I, we need a sponsor. Um, uh, it's getting cold in here. I got to stuff insulation up there. It's bad news. Um, all right, Verderam. So what do you expect from Brett Veach? I think the one thing that a lot of people are just curious about here is, did he have a plan? I mean, obviously he had a plan. Oh, yeah, of course. That's, you know, it's absurd to suggest that he did, right? But is this part of the plan, this sit back, slow start? Have the Chiefs whiffed on some people? Obviously, things don't always go to plan. We know they were in on Trent Williams last year. It didn't work out, so they made the trade for Orlando Brown Jr. They would not have done both of those things. Yeah. So he's a smart guy. He's got contingencies, and that's why I've been urging patience to people on Twitter. I'm saying, hey, listen, like this guy's he's no dummy. He's a very good GM. Like he's he's got a plan. Now that doesn't mean everything he wants to do is going to work out. But what do you think? Do you think do you think this is part of the plan? Or has, has he maybe not had some things go his way? I mean, I'll be I'll be succinct since we're hitting the hour mark. My wife's going to kill me if I don't get out of here soon for the skating lesson for my daughter. But um, I think it's a combination. I don't know for a fact they whiffed on some guys. I do know for a fact they want to keep Shavarius Ward. That I know. And that the money got away from him. And, and I'm also good on Ward for getting paid. But I, I know that. With Matthew, I think they were they were – they were very ready for him to hit the market. And if, if the market came back to them, they were open to, to bringing him back. I think the, the read deal just became one that they felt like we have to pounce on that. And they did. I don't know that they've really like whiffed. Like I haven't, I haven't been told that other than again on Ward, which I don't know if you'd call it a whiff as much as maybe they just, they just weren't willing to go to that price. And I like Traverius Ward a lot. I don't blame them for not going to the price you got paid for. But uh, no, you know what? I, I think, I think they were not planning though on going and making like a bunch of huge moves. And I'll be honest, I, I don't I don't necessarily agree with it. I thought the Chiefs should have been a little more aggressive. I think the, I don't think you go crazy. I don't think you do a Jacksonville dating twenty million dollars a year to Christian Kirk. Okay. But I think I thought there was an opportunity for the Chiefs to maybe be a little more aggressive than they were. And uh, you know, look, doesn't mean by the way that they won't be you gotta keep in mind one thing, and I mean this genuinely. Last year, people had the pitchforks out like nobody's business for Veach this time last year. People were going nuts. Then they traded for Orlando Brown, they had a big draft, and their offseason was awesome. So keep in mind, like free agency technically opened yesterday. There's a lot that can and will happen right. between now and training camp. I think sometimes it's just it's hard to fill it because you see these teams making moves and making moves. A lot of the moves, like I had a guy say to me a long time ago, and it's true, free agents are free agents for a reason. They're either too expensive or they're too old, or they're not good enough. A lot of these guys are getting big money deals. They're going to be cut in two years. That's what's going to happen. Go look at any free agency in the last 10 years. It's going to happen. So look, if you're the Chiefs is it, and you're a fan of the team, is it a little frustrating? Yeah, it is. And I get that. And I think they should have been a little more aggressive. But I also understand that they're probably looking at it internally and going, we're pretty damn good. I mean, we're a pretty damn good football team, and we can fix a few of these things in the draft, and we're confident in that. And look, I mean, it's hard to argue it, right? Like, I'm sitting here saying I think Buffalo is the best team in the league. I think it's by a half step over Kansas. I don't think it's by a ton. Okay. And by the way, in football, I mean, injuries happen. You could have one injury, that changes the whole equation. Or the Chiefs could just yeah. beat them on a given day. Um, but I think the Chiefs are in for a real fight in that conference. But guess what? So is everybody else. 
Like, what do you think? Buffalo's sitting there and go, we got Von Miller, that's it. I mean, I think Von Miller's terrific, but he's also 33 years old. I mean, it's not like Von Miller's 26 and coming in there, he's got 15 sacks. Probably not. You know, I mean, Denver did all this. Russell Wilson's great. Russell Wilson hasn't gone to a Super Bowl in almost a decade. And he's on some damn good teams in Seattle, okay? Doesn't mean I don't think a lot of Russell Wilson is going to be really good, but like, if you're the Chiefs, would you still have your group and feel pretty good about it? Yeah, I think I think the world to Justin Herbert. The, the guy's never been to a playoff game. I mean, <laughs> you know, come on, right? So I, I will say that, right? I mean, Burrow, everybody's gone nuts. Burrow is great. Burrow didn't score thirty points in any of the playoff games he was in. All right, I, 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 I like the Bengals, but was that a little bit of lightning in a bottle? Probably. The Ravens, as good as they've been for years, they've won playoff win the Lamar Jackson. So it's not like it's not like the Chiefs all of a sudden is like overwhelmed by all these teams. These teams have closed the gap. It doesn't mean Kansas City couldn't go 13 and 4 next year. And I, I think I think the Chiefs need to make moves to catch Buffalo. Or I think there's a really good chance they're playing Buffalo in the AFC title game in Buffalo next year. But you know what, guys? You brought up the Browns earlier. It's a good point. Like <laughs> shit happens. Stuff. Yeah. And before we get out of here, we got two quick reviews to get to, uh, as promised. Um, the first one comes from uh, Renio on March 10th. Great show. Very entertaining and informative. Love the breakdown on the impact of the potential Chiefs moves. Keep up the great work. And I look forward to further free agency and draft coverage. Appreciate you, kind sir or ma'am. Uh, and then the last one comes from Trust in 15 uh, on March 11th. Highly recommended. Living in Connecticut and having access to up-to-date Chiefs news is helpful in Jets and Giants country. Love the information, easy to digest, and all four hosts all come with different perspectives on all major things Chiefs-related. It's a great listen. We appreciate you. Again, Thank you. this is a podcast first and foremost. If you want to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review over there with a, a written review like that, we will read it on the podcast. Ask a question and we'll answer it. And again, if you want to support us, you can become a sustaining member of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Just check out the join button and all the information is in the description wherever you find this podcast we get to hang out with with our members in a private discord and on there we'll be having a a, a, a private happy hour on monday can be drinking some casey beer with everybody um with all four of us hosts it's going to be a lot of fun who knows what kind of nonsense we'll get up to for matt verderam my name is patrick on we will be back if any major chiefs news or signings or trades happen almost instantaneously so hit that bell on youtube if you want to know when we go live immediately uh, and of course, subscribe. Um, we'll be back uh, on Tuesday, though, for, for certain with Sterling Holmes. And uh, Matt Connor is actually going on vacation. So one of us is going to have to tag in with Sterling. And then Verderam and I will be back on Thursday. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at, at rpatrickallen. He's at, at Matt Verderam. Thank you so much for listening, for all your support. Shout out to the folks on the, on the Twitter spaces, to the YouTube crew, to the audio-only crew. We appreciate you all. We'll see you next week. But until then, go Chiefs. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.